Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hey everybody, Pastor Justy here from Rock Creek Family Church, hoping and praying that you are doing well and that you find yourself growing closer to the Lord. Uh, I know we don't, maybe not always feel like we are, but that's where we just have to Uh, rely on that promise found in his word that says if we would draw close to him he will draw close to us that uh, there's a promise there take him on that promise I promise that you will not regret that you did that so hey I hope everybody is doing well thank you for joining with us on this new Wednesday night Bible study Uh, for the last few weeks we have been going over how to handle spiritual bullies and How do we handle those spiritual attacks that come our way? And Well, now I really feel like God is leading us into another Bible study. It correlates with that quite a bit, but uh, we are going to be studying um, something what I like to entitle the remnant. And the remnant is this fact that God always has a faithful group of people that no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what has just happened to them or what seems like is going to happen to them in the near future, they are just, they have decided to remain faithful, faithfully pursuing Him, faithfully worshiping Him, faithfully living a righteous life according to His statutes, His laws, His commandments. And, and I know things are kind of turbulent in the world right now. Things are are crazy right now, but I really believe that God is using this time and using this opportunity, this season that we're in, to really cause His people to rise up and be faithful to Him, no matter what we see or hear that's going on in the world. We really have to learn how to listen to what God is saying and to to hear the voice that's speaking from from Him into our hearts and into our, our spirit man, uh, to really hear what the Spirit of God is saying and to, to learn how to hear that first. Uh, you know, sometimes we can't help hearing what's going on in, in all around us. And, and, you know, sometimes that's okay. That's actually a good thing. You know, God wants us not to be so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good. He, he knows that uh, even though our our purpose is determined from a higher cause and in a in a higher way of living. Yet he still knows that we have to live here, right? That we that we live in this world, we live among the people of this world, the governments of this world, all the stuff that's going on. Um, we're here, right? We're in the world, but we're not of the world, as the Bible says. And I know you've heard probably a thousand times. Well, God knows that, but at the same time, he wants us to learn how to follow after him. He wants us to learn how to hear his voice loudest and first. He wants to to teach us how to walk his statutes and commandments and his ways out. He he wants us to be carriers of his message and, and stewards of his presence and his glory. 
And uh, we're diving into that. I could keep going on and on, but we're about to dive into that. I'm really excited, really excited about this Bible study we're going to be doing for a few weeks. Uh, don't exactly know yet, so just buckle in, hold on. Uh, we are going to be in this for, for maybe at least four weeks or so. We'll just see how God wants to take this, where he wants to go with this. But really excited. I'm really excited because I think this is something very, very pertinent for what is going on in maybe our hearts and our hearts that's in the midst of these uncharted, turbulent, crazy times that maybe we feel like we're thrown in. But having said all of that, let's get to a word of prayer and then let's dive into the scripture. Father God, we love you and we thank you. You are so good to us and you are so faithful. Father God, we need you. Lord, I pray. I pray, God, as we hear and see all of the things that's going on all around us, God, that we would be encouraged by your Holy Spirit, that we would be in, uplifted by an updraft of the mighty rushing wind that is blowing our way. Father, let us hear you. Let us see what you are doing let us be a part of a move of God that you are doing here and now in this earth. Let us always be steadfast and faithfully ready to move and to be and to do your word, your will, and your way. God, I just pray for everyone who is listening, watching, anyone who's joining in, God, that you would give them strength and courage Give them wisdom to make these right choices to live in a righteous way and give them strength and courage to stand in that righteousness. Lord, we just want to make ourselves available to whatever it is you are doing and whatever it is you want to do in us and through us. God, we, we give you praise. We will not be afraid, but instead we will worship and we will praise and we will give you glory in the midst of all of this. Father, be with every word that I say. May it not be words that come from, from my mind or my strength or my ability. God, I pray that these words would come from you, your, your spirit of truth and your word, your infallible incredible inspired word of God. Be with us this evening as we seek to give you praise and glory in all we do. Touch those that are sick, those that need help, those that need encouraging. Be with us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Good to have you with us. Uh, again, I invite you. We are open for our Wednesday evening Bible study. I do cover this same material, um, but we do it in, of course, a, a little bit uh, better way to where I can kind of go a little deeper because I have a little more time, a little more Q&A, a little bit more discussion. So you are always, always, always welcome to come out at 6.30 on Wednesdays at the church and be a part of the, the live Bible study that, that I will do every Wednesday. Again, it goes right along with what we're doing. Also want to invite those who have teenagers, uh, any young men or young lady that ladies that uh, want to come out and be a part of our youth service that we're really ramping up. And 
very proud of Pastor Jonathan in what he is hearing from God about uh, teaching teens, teaching our young men, our young ladies how to find their identity in Christ. Because, hey, we are living in a world that we cannot trust to give our children, our young men, our young ladies, we can't trust the world to give them the right identity. This is really sad to say, but you know what, to be honest with you, we can't even lean on our own feelings and our own self to have to, to get our own identity from that because you mean if we did, we would be changing every day, or at least maybe I would, maybe, maybe not you. But you know, some some days I don't feel super spiritual. I don't I don't feel close to God. And so if I were to rely on my feelings, that day my identity would not be a child of God. My identity would be something else. It would be defeated or it would be discouraged or whatever. But that's where we have to pick up the identity of Christ in us and his image that is in us and that, that we are conforming our life to. And so, man, I, I could preach again. I could preach on that, but but we won't, right? No, I'm just excited about what's going on in the youth program. So and encourage, encourage your young men and young ladies, any teens that are out there that you know, to come on out and be a part of that youth Bible study and youth service, really. They're, they're going to have a great time. And maybe it's, you can't this Wednesday, but maybe next Wednesday. We hope to see you and to see them as soon as possible. I know they're going to be blessed for it. All right, let's dive in. Let's dive into the Word of God. Let's dive into what I really feel like God is dealing with me about, uh, especially during this time, during what's all this stuff that's going on, during the season that we're in. Um, I really feel like it is during this time and this season that God is using to mold a very faithful people, people that are are willing to be and do what God says to be and do, um, to, to really follow after him instead of instead of being really easily persuaded about what's going on in the world. God really wants us to set our lives apart for him in a very special way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, really trying to be um, negative about this at all, but you know, we don't really know what's going to be going on very soon uh, down the next few years from now. We don't really know all the stuff that's going to be happening. You know, you, you hear all kinds of things. You hear good, you hear bad, you hear somewhere in between. But I really want to challenge you to hear what God is saying about all of this stuff, about, about what he has for you during this season and you during this time, what he has for the church during this season and during this time. And I really feel like this is the time for the church to really focus on being the church. That's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching on Sunday morning. We really got to focus on what God wants the church to be. We cannot let the world do anything that would cause us to stop being his church. We got to be his church. And I realize that that doesn't mean it, the, the four walls. I realize that. But it, it is about a group of people coming together to hold up the standard of Jesus Christ and to hold up that that way that he has for us to live and to worship and to be and to be a light, to be salt and to help our neighbors and, and love God and love people and all these incredible things that God is calling us to. But we've got to be strong and we got to be steadfast. we got to be willing to be that remnant, okay? When I say the remnant again, 
Um, for those of you that probably know, this may be a this may be a little bit of a recap. But for those of you that don't, I'm going to give you just a smidget of Old Testament history. Um, not not long. I realize that history is not always the most uh, favorited subject in the world, but I happen to like a little bit of history. In fact, I happen to like a lot of bit of history, learning that uh, if we don't learn from history, knowing that we don't learn from those things, we are destined to repeat them. Hey, there's some lessons I don't want to repeat in my life. There's some things I don't want to go back through just because um, God has taught me how to not do that again. Well, let's look at the Old Testament. Let's look at a little bit of history so we can learn from that and learn what a few people um, that by name that we'll, we'll call out in a minute, what they did and what they chose to become and to be and to live like to honor God no matter what was going on in their world. And then we're going to see how God used that in an amazing way. And then we're going to jump into the Holy Spirit and how he works those same things out in us. Now, this, again, it sounds long, but we're going to divide this dude up into the next few weeks. I hope you are ready for that. I'm ready to, to teach it, okay? So just a, just a small recap of some Old Testament history. Um, we, we know that in the Old Testament that God had a chosen group of people, right? He called them Israel. Uh, that goes all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob being that that forefather that God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. From, from Jacob, he had 12 sons, 10 sons from uh, one wife and two sons from another wife, uh, 10 from Leah, two from Rachel. And then uh, one of them being Joseph went off to Egypt. He had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. So actually Jacob chose, Israel chose to bless all 12 of those sons, but instead of blessing Joseph, he actually blessed Ephraim and Manasseh. So he blessed them in a way of speaking and foretelling how God was going to use those 12 slash like 13 sons and, well, 10 sons or 11 sons and two grandsons, right? Okay, so God, he said, God's going to use you to build a, a my people, to build a, a people that will always hope to honor me, right? And that will, will eventually, long story short, became Israel. Of course, they had to come out of Egypt and, and that whole Red Sea thing, and then they walked in the wilderness, and then Joshua helped them to conquest and move into this land of promise. They began to be Israel, and Israel then had these people called judges that helped helped hold on to and interpret the will of God for everybody else to learn how to live God's way. Well, that worked for so many hundred years, but then all of a sudden they decide we've got to have a king. Here comes King Saul. That's the very same King Saul that King David, before he was king, was underneath. In fact, the whole David and Goliath story, which we had already talked about over the last five weeks, um, that was the same King Saul, right? The very first king of Israel. David then being, of course, that second king, and then his son Solomon being that third king. Okay, that, that was kind of that time of the United Kingdom, if you will. That there was about a hundred years there, give or take maybe a little bit more 
or less years, about a hundred years there where Israel was a united kingdom, 12 tribes under one banner, under this, this kingship of, and, and heir and throneship of David, right? Well, after David died, he passed it to Solomon. Solomon then reigns. And then as he is dying or as, he's, as he is exiting out of his role of being a king, um, well, then the kingdom actually starts to be split, right? Starts to be split in two major groups, almost like civil war, quite literally, where there was quite literally a north side and a south side. The north part was was made up of 10 tribes, and they kept the name Israel, okay? They, they even got their own new capital. They got their own king. They started doing things a little bit different, doing things their own way. So 10 tribes roped off and split off and became Israel. Uh, they also named Ephraim. Okay? There were kind of two names for that, Israel or Ephraim. And then you had the two tribes, which was the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, who were there in the south. You got Israel on top, Judah in the south. Um, Judah and Benjamin became Judah. They, they called the land of Judah. And that is actually where the temple of Solomon, the big holy temple you read about in the Old Testament, and that's where it resided at Jerusalem. So say, the, you know, the capital city of Jerusalem resided there in Judah. Okay, well, that didn't last super long. Of course, they went through tons, both of them went through tons of different kings. And Unfortunately, most of them were not good kings. Uh, most of them had actually dropped this, this worship of God only. Most of them had started allowing pagan worship and actually worshiping and building idols and, and having false gods and false idols there that they began to worship. And basically, they both kind of started, uh, eventually got to this point where it's like, hey, anything goes, right? As long as we kind of try to live a good people and a good life, anything goes. Well, the problem with that is the definition of being good people, that, that, that varies from people group to people group to people group. And so that really got messed up, mixed up. And that's where, of course, you read about these men and women called prophets, right? And prophetesses, of course, they're all through the Old Testament. But when we read about all of these prophets in the scripture, like Jeremiah and Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Amos, Joel, Micah, Malachi, Habakkuk, you know, all of these, these, um, these minor prophets, major prophets that we read about in our Old Testament, and, and they, they wrote books, okay? Most of them are writing these books and, and speaking these prophecies to God's people about, hey, you guys got to straighten up. You guys got to do this thing right. Be, be, be people of God again. Be men and women of God again. Let down all of this false worship and this idol worship, and let's come back to worship the one true God. And if you don't, man, you better wake up seriously because God is going to take this uh, God's not going to take this lying down. God is going to roll some sleeves up and he's going to let something happen that, that you don't want to happen. And in fact, um, Isaiah and Jeremiah were probably two of the most famous prophets that were trying to speak to Israel and Judah and trying to tell them, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. Elijah and Elisha, even though they don't have books named after them, uh, they were really, really key during this time. Obadiah, some of these very famous uh, prophets that you know about and have read about and heard about, they're all, most of them are all during this time 
where they're really trying to shake up and wake up the people of God to again take on their identity that God has for them and not what all of these false gods have for them, okay? To no avail, uh, obviously, to no avail. Because eventually the Assyrians, and that happened first, uh, the Assyrians somewhere around 720 or 22 BCE uh, had started to move in on, on Israel, that first and northern kingdom had started moving in on them and eventually besieged the whole place, um, besieged the capital, uh, ransacked the place, burned the capital. And what had happened, which happened a lot during that day and time, was when the Assyrians came in or a foreign group came in and conquered a group of people. They most often would kill a certain amount of people Another amount of people they would put into slavery and take them back to their capital, Assyria, and sell them off as slaves. There was another group of people that they chose to um, kind of weed out and find out who was the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, the best, the most educated. And they would actually use them to, uh, to be leaders in their, uh, in, in, in their government and, and in what they were doing, right, in their people group. And then there was a small group of people, which were really mostly the, the, the broken, the busted, the disgusted, the poor, the down and outs. They actually left them there to be ruled by an Assyrian governor um, over that land to have them start producing crops and wine and all kinds of things that they could actually ship back to Assyria. Okay, so that's kind of what happened. Well, fast forward about 124, 25 years, it happened in Judah, the second kingdom. And it stood a little bit longer because there were a couple of good kings that would try to uh, bring revival back. And well, it, was, it, it eventually ended up to where the Babylonians who, okay, hopefully I don't get too confusing. The Babylonians took over the Assyrians and then so they then took over Judah. All right, I, I know it's, it's kind of confusing. But here we then have the Babylonians. They're now taking over Judah, and they do the same thing the Assyrians did. They came in and they took a people group out. They took some of the smartest, the brightest, the best to, to use them and train them for their government and their way of living. Hence, David, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which actually um, have different names, and we'll go over that another time. But those were some. Those were some of the same people that they actually... Uh, looked at and said, wow, those are worthy enough for us to train, smart enough and, and, and strong enough for us to train that we can use them to build our government with that. And then again, there, were, uh, there was a guy like by the name of Ezekiel who uh, was also taken as well. So Daniel and Ezekiel eventually being taken into the Babylonian captivity, right? So here they are, men of God people of God taking into exile, into captivity, into a strange land, a strange people group that is filled with um, paganistic worship, filled with idol worship, filled with uh, laws and moral codes that were not the same as God's laws and God's moral codes. And here they are trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we handle this? Hey, this is where I want to pick up with us that, you know, sometimes we, we feel like in the midst of all these things that we know does not honor God and what's going on in our world, we think, well, how do we handle that? Do we just kind of sit back and, and just kind of hope for the best? 
Lord, do we sit back and, and, and just, you know, maybe one day something will work out. If not, I'll just kind of uh, hide in my own little cubby hole and hopefully nothing comes my way. Um, do we get uh, defiant? Do we rise up and, and, and really make a big stink out of things? And, you know, how do we handle it? How do we handle the situation like that? Well, I can tell you how David, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel, those kind of people, um, Jeremiah, Isaiah, I can tell you how they handled it. And first and foremost, they decided to stay true to God's word, God's will, God's way, God's commands, God's statutes, uh, so much so that they refused even at times to bow down to false gods, bow down to false kings and, and, and false kingdoms, but yet they were not like they didn't have anger and hatred for anybody. It wasn't like that, but yet they decided to, under the influence of God, they decided to remain true to the ways of God, okay? And they again became these prophets, all right? When I say the word prophet, is it means one who's inspired by God through the Holy Spirit to do certain things. Number one, to hear these messages from God and then communicate these messages as the will of God to those around them. They also see visions of God a lot of times and then they also are kind of mandated to carry out the work of God no matter where they are. Take Nehemiah for example. Nehemiah, even though he was in a foreign land with a foreign people group, uh, Esther is another one, right? Mordecai and Esther, uh, right? They, they were an, an, another people group, or they were in another people group that was a foreign land, but yet they still chose to remain faithful, and faithfully so much they carried out the work of God that ended up helping God's people, okay? So that really, in essence, is, I think, the same calling on our life. The word, the word uh, prophet in Hebrew means literally to bubble up or to bubble forth, kind of in uh, the same respect that a, a spring or a fountain naturally comes and rises to the top and it bubbles up out of the soil, out of the ground, out of the rocks, out of the clay. And so God is, in essence, calling his, his prophets to be springs of living water, to, to rise up out of the land in which they find themselves, to rise up on top of that and begin flowing life to all of those that are around them. Um, that also means, another meaning to the word prophet in Hebrew means to utter, to bubble up or to utter, which means you speak something that God's put inside of you and it comes up out of your mouth and you utter it and you speak it out. But that doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by cultivating a life that is conducive for the Holy Spirit to pour through. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, with everything else over the next... That's really the key that we got to learn over the next few weeks is how to cultivate a life that is conducive to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. In my mind, I see a vision of you being a holy vessel a holy jar of clay or a holy water pot that you have lived in a way that God has, has allowed you to be cleansed and washed out and you realize you are a vessel for him and nothing else in this world. And as you present yourself to God in such a way 
that he has chosen to pour through you and move through you out into uh, an impact around, around you, right, right around those that are, that are part of your life as well. Okay, God, I believe, is wanting us to do that and to be that. Um, I want us to go real quick to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to read about just a little snippet about Daniel. Now, we're not going to dive real deep into his life yet or Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that whole story. We're not going to, that'll come, not yet. But I just want you to get this snippet about, about Daniel and how he chose to live his life. Daniel 1 and 8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now this was not so much about just simply being a vegetarian or a vegan or a carnivore, which I kind of am leaning more toward the carnivore uh, section of life, uh, right? I, um, if I get a vegetable, it's because it was snuck in there and hidden by gravy or something, right? Um, but anyways, what this really means is that when Daniel, and yes, if you read all of Daniel 1, you'll see uh, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all being trained by this Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, to, to work for his kingdom, and as he's training them, he's actually giving them delicacies. He's giving them, them all kinds of meat and fruits and drink and all kinds of really rich food, just as he would eat. Well, Daniel and his three friends, his three buddies, decided we're not going to eat that. And here's why. It wasn't so much about what the food was, right? It wasn't so much that they didn't want chicken fried steak and they would rather have a, a you know an asparagus or something. It had more to do with the fact that the, the meat that they were to eat or that they were given to eat was actually already sacrificed to a false god. That Let's just say it was, a, it was a, a hamburger or a steak, right? Well, that cow was already offered up in worship to a false god, most likely Baal or Asherah or, you know, some of these others, right? So... They chose not to eat that meat because they did not want to dishonor the God, right? Jehovah God. Uh, they did not want to dishonor Yahweh, the God that they knew, the God that they worshiped, the one true and only God that brought them out of Egypt and created them to be the people he wanted them to be. So that's why they said, well, we're not going to eat this or drink like you guys. We're going to try to stay pure. We're going to try to hold our life as close as we can to the statutes, the commands, the laws, the ways of God. There was a little bit of a, a riff about this, how they said, no, you can't do that. And they said, oh, please. And in fact, there was a test. And that test, Daniel said, hey, at the end of a certain amount of time, um, let's just check and see who's healthier, your people or us four, right? Daniel and the, the other three. And then if we're not as healthy as they are, then we'll talk. We'll, we'll rediscuss this. Well, the fact that they put their faith in God, God actually supernaturally caused them to be healthier, stronger, smarter, wiser, faster, better. And so because of that, they allowed them to continue on and have the favor they needed to continue living for God. So they trusted God, his ways, and his word. They trusted him fully. They decided to be influenced by God and God's ways 
first and foremost, even in a foreign land, even in a land with foreign gods, even with foreign rules and moral laws that they didn't agree with, they chose first and foremost to serve God, worship God, pray to God, trust God in the midst of all of that. And through all of that, they were known as these prophets of God, like Daniel, like Ezekiel, that chose to hear from God, hear a message from God, see visions from God, communicate the will of God, carry out the work of God. And so because of that, they became what we know of as prophets, right? So, okay, where does that put you and me today, thousands and thousands of years later, in the United States of America, in year 2021, um, where does that put us? How, how does that affect our life today? Well, let me tell you how it affects our life today in a very huge way, in a very big way, and in fact, a very way I'm excited about to tell you what God wants to do what God is doing and God is all about right now. And I want us to be about that as well. Which really, I want you to understand that due to the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of every one of his believers, and especially those that are seeking to be used by him in a very, very powerful way. I don't care what's what state in life you're in. I don't care how old you are or young you are. You're choosing to be used by God to do things God's way, to listen to the commands of God and live your life by that, to, to make an impact and an influence on those around you, to leave a legacy to those that are maybe underneath you or those that you have care over or concern over. And I promise if you live your life that way, seeking to be used by God, God is going to bless you. In fact, God, in essence, is really making you a prophet or a prophetess. Now, maybe not in the same respect of Ezekiel, where you see all of these crazy visions all the time, but he makes you a prophet or prophetess in a way where he wants you to carry and communicate clearly the will of God to make an impact to those that are around you, okay? If you go to Acts chapter 2, and I know we're making a big jump here from Old Testament to New Testament. Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. Jesus has just told his disciples to pray, to wait. I've got something for you. The Holy Spirit's going to empower you. Acts 1.8 says, and the Holy Spirit will empower you, and, and he'll set you forth to do a work for Jesus Christ. He tells that to his disciples. Okay? Well, if disciples made disciples, which made disciples, which made disciples, and then now here we are, disciples of Christ Jesus, then the same Holy Spirit that was meant for them is the same Holy Spirit that is meant for you. The same Spirit that empowered Jesus Christ to rise up out of the grave is the same Holy Spirit that empowered the, Holy, the, the disciples to, to build this new church and become a movement that the world has never seen before and even to this day is still impacting the world. It's the same Holy Spirit that you and I have living, bubbling up on the inside of us to be people who can hear what God is saying even though you're listening to all of the stuff in the world, to see what God is doing, to communicate this will of God, to be about the move of God, to be able to see where his hand is moving. That is actually God's will for your life. You don't have to be left out in the dark in this. 
Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, Peter stands up after this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After the influence of the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Right? Um, we can get into the spiritual gifts, and, but we're not going to do that just yet. This is just basically letting everybody know if you are a son of God or a daughter of God, and he even says servant or men servant or maid servant, if you're someone that wants to, with all of your heart, serve God, then guess what? You get to be a prophet or prophetess. Um, I don't, I know that sounds a little weird maybe for you. Maybe you've never thought of yourself like that. And this doesn't mean anything in kind of a flaky, weird way. But what this does mean is that you are a carrier of the message of the power and the love and the gospel that God has given you through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter how old, no matter how young, no matter how imperfect, no matter your past, no matter what's going, no, no matter how, what has been going on in your life, no matter what's going on in your life today, no matter what the world is saying or doing or feeling or being or what the world's standards are, that's not the way that God sees you. He doesn't see you according to the world's standards. He sees you according to his remnant, his faithful group of people. Okay? Be that. Be that. Be, be caught in the, the joy of that. Be in a rapture and living that journey out. And if you do so, if you, if you be successful at just living and walking that journey out, God will take care of the big things that you need taken care of in life. Allow yourself to be influenced by the Spirit of God more than by the fear of the world, the doubts of, of the world, the cares and concerns of the world. Don't let those things choke out the seed of faith that's sown inside your heart. Don't let the news you hear, don't let thoughts about darkness in the future, don't let those influence your faith. Let the Holy Spirit give you a divine strength and power. I kind of call it this in a joking but yet serious way. Be under the influence. And so much of us, so many of us have had other influences in our life, right? Some good, some bad, some... Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Um, but let now the Holy Spirit influence you. In fact, that's what Jesus taught before he went to the cross to his disciples. One of the last lessons, I mean, kind of let that, this is it, boys. This is, this is the last lesson before I go to the cross and it's game time. This is the coach calling his huddle and calling his kids in for one last pep talk before it is time to flip the lights on, put the chin strap, put the helmet on, buckle the chin straps, and go out and get it. This is it. This is time. So he tells his disciples in a, a series of teachings from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane that you find in towards the end of the book of John. 
And in, in, that, um, in that teaching, he actually teaches about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit will actually give you seven ways he's going to influence, the Holy Spirit's going to influence your life. Okay, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. John 14, 15 through 27. Now I'm probably, I want to read this real quick. And today I only have time to briefly, briefly touch on these seven and a bonus. Oh yeah, I love bonuses. How many of you love bonuses? All right. Yeah, I love bonuses. I just went to, this is a side note. This is a rabbit trail. We're going to chase it for just 30 seconds and we'll come back. I promise. But I love bonuses. I love them. In fact, today I went to go to Mountain Pine FCA and I took them a bunch of, of chicken from, from Chicken Express, who is so graciously helping me out to feed this FCA group, a wonderful group of young men and young ladies. I love going and ministering to them. But we needed some dessert, and I knew they were out, so I was, yeah, there's the donut store right down the street, right? The Golden Array's Donut Store. Very nice people. Um, but I pulled in, and, and I kind of said, hey, how many donuts do you have left? I'd like to take a couple of dozen uh, there to some kids. And, and, oh, they were so nice. They actually gave me three dozen for the price of two dozen. And, and that, I thought, man, that is awesome. That's great. Thank you. God bless you. And I turn and I leave out the door. I'm putting my donuts into the, the truck there. And I hear these little bitty tiny footsteps. And she goes, sir, 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 here. And she hands me another bag full of donuts. And she says, this is just for you. And I started crying. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, I, was, I was glad, right? It was like, bonus, yeah. So glad, so thankful for the bonuses, right? God gives us seven influences of the Holy Spirit and a bonus. But we got to read this real quick, and then we're going to cover them real quick and dive deeper into them next week. Looking forward to that, right? John 14, 15 through 27. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. That's awesome. Highlight that in your Bible. You need to, right? For he dwells with you and will be in you. Powerful stuff. Verse 18 I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I will live, because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Powerful stuff. Read this again tonight before you go to bed and again tomorrow morning. Meditate on this powerful word that Jesus is teaching. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, which is not Iscariot, said to Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. 
He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. I'm telling you, the stuff we're facing in this world, don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit is with you, with us. The same Holy Spirit we're reading about right here and gives us in this snippet right here, seven influences of the Holy Spirit over our life and in our life. That's so important. It's the same as I'm going to reiterate what I said the last few weeks where David said, I come to you, Goliath. I come to you fighting in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, he says, in the name of our Lord. You see, he tells Goliath, you come to me with certain things. And the enemy can come to you with doubt, with fear, with anxiety, with all kinds of stuff to beat you down and get your faith to, to be watered down and choked out by the cares and concerns of this world. But if you understand that what David said by saying, You're Goliath, you are with these things, but I come to you in, in one, one big, awesome, wonderful God. I come to you in the name of my Lord and my God. I'm covered. I'm covered by the Holy Spirit. I'm covered by the God Almighty. I'm anointed. You are anointed. Now, listen, in our own strength and in our own ways and abilities, we may not have enough to face a Goliath. In our own strength, in our own abilities, we may not have enough to stand strong in this world of turbulence and wishy-washy things. Oh, but in Jesus Christ, in his ability, in his grace, in his mercy, in his way that he made for us through the blood on the cross and through the power of the resurrection and giving us the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, he can do all those things in us and through us, no matter what's going on in this world. I'm so excited to teach you this over the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to have to stop right there. I will very quickly mention the seven, and I might even leave the bonus for next week, just to kind of tempt you in a little bit, right? So this, real quick, and we'll, we'll go deeper next week, but real quick, the seven ways the Holy Spirit works to influence the power of God in your life. Number one, he helps you hear what God is speaking so much louder than what the world is speaking. And maybe, maybe I'm using the wrong verbiage. Maybe not louder so much as stronger, deeper, um, more penetrating. Something that comes from deep inside of you. Number two, he helps you with supernatural provision. Number three, he helps you see what God is up to, what God is doing. He helps you see what God is doing. Number four, he helps you experience how God is moving. Number five, he helps you to cultivate righteous living. That's why he's called the helper, right? Cultivate righteous living where you don't have a propensity to sin as much as you did before salvation. Number six, 
He helps you by giving you the strength you need. Number seven, he helps you by giving supernatural peace. And bonus, well, you got to wait for that for next week. Oh, I enjoyed this time. This went by so fast. I don't know, maybe maybe for me it did. This went by so fast. But as we close, I got one challenge for you. I was out walking my dog a, a few days ago, and there was a gentleman in our neighborhood, a lovely gentleman, awesome gentleman. I, I love talking with him. I love catching him every time that he's out. And and um, I, I, he always always yells at me, waves at me as we walk by. And, and he, he waved at me, yelled at me. He said, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you for a second. And he asked me, he said, how are you doing today? I said, hey, everything's great, Mr. Moon. Everything is, is doing, doing well. How are you doing? His exact words were, hallelujah. <laughs> I love that. It's, and, and he began to talk about all the things that God is doing in his life. And he began to share with me his testimony about how God had taken him from being an alcoholic and, and someone who was not following after his will and saved his life and washed him clean and sanctified him, anointed him and set him apart to do something for him. And he began sharing that testimony and we just began praising God right there in the middle of the neighborhood. And my dog thought I was crazy. Neighbors probably think I'm crazy, but that's all right. The truth will set me free, right? But in the midst of all of that, he looks at me and he says, you know what, son? He says, I am 70 years old right now, but I am praying every day for God to use me in whatever way he wants to use me to impact and to, to, to make a difference in as many people in this world as I can before I move on to heaven. And he says, it may be, he said, I know it's a challenge. In fact, his exact, his exact word, he said, I know it will be challenging, but... I am believing and I am trusting God to help me make an impact in this world. I am living for him now as I used to live for myself before. Now I am giving God praise and glory every single day. And it really uplifted me, you know, to see someone who's 70, 70 plus years old. And yet he's still, he's still got the fire of God inside of him that says, I, no matter the challenge, will live for God. Hey, I hope that same passion is burning inside of you. I hope it burns inside of us as we read and do this Bible study. Let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. You are so good to us. You're so faithful. Thank you for sending us this Holy Spirit, this helper, this comforter, this spirit of truth that leads us and guides us, empowers us, and strengthens us. Lord, I praise you and I ask you, God, that we not take that for granted, that we not listen to the enemy's no louder than we hear your yes. I pray, Lord, that we would live a life, a righteous lifestyle that's conducive for the Holy Spirit to move in us, through us, and with us. Father, have your way, have your way, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We can't wait to get to you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.